Hello there, and welcome to the Cargo Bay, a uh, semi-regular Star Wars conversation <laughs> podcast being transmitted to you from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I am Brady C. here with my co-host, as always, Adam B. Uh, yeah, when we're when we're here, I am always Adam B. That's true. That's true. Yep. When it's we're a, not here, you can be whoever you want. Uh, I I am uh, currently my online moniker. Let me plug uh, Elegant Weapon. I exist on things. People got really mad at me on TikTok the other day. I had a TikTok that uh, did a lot wait, of views, and people were upset wait, with me about it. When they get mad at you, they well, should celebrate you. I've been playing um, the new Star Wars Jedi Survivor. <gasps> Um, and I made a TikTok that was like, uh, I think I said that a lot of aspects of that game are broken, and um, people were really upset because apparently they've all played through it and had zero technical issues whatsoever. Uh, mm. Which I mean, that's that's not quite true. I think the general consensus and why the video did really well is a lot of people were like, yeah, there's a lot of bugs in here, um, but a lot of people were like. There's no problems with this game. And I was like, listen, Don't I super smart Star Wars. Don't, don't say anything negative. I was like, I love I literally just said I love the game in this other way. I was, I I was highlighting something that was part. cool about I the game. I focused on the rage. <laughs> I think it's fair if you pay $70 for a video game that has been pushed out the door by Electronic Arts well before it's finished to have some... Um, some crit, crit critiques, uh, but speaking of Jedi Survivor, storyline's fantastic. Uh, the game in general, uh, I love it. It's a, um, it's got a ton of ten out of ten elements with a lot of five out of ten things kind of that mm. pop up every once in a while. Um, Solid. But yeah, I, we won't go too deep into Jedi Survivor. But in general, there's a lot of Star Wars going on, as there always is, BC, and and you and I have been sleeping on it a little bit. <sighs> You honk shooing over there, VC. Wake up. Oh, Wake so, up. It's a new oh, sorry, Star Wars. Oh, more Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've been, we've been sleeping on a little bit. You know, we're, we're coming off of our, our Mandalorian season three high. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're, we're just getting content shoved into our eyeballs every Wednesday. Uh, varying quality. Uh, go back and see <laughs> our season recap, uh, uh, which was, I believe, our last episode. Posted. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Go check that out for. Uh, our our feelings about all things Mando season three. Um, in the meantime, we we have had uh, May the fourth, uh, which yes. we we got uh, Star Wars Visions, yeah, volume two. Uh, we can chat a little bit about that today. Um, yeah. You have played through uh, all of uh, the survivor. the new the new Survivor, yeah, uh, Jedi Survivor, um, without uh, too many spoilies. Uh, in terms of uh, connection to the wider Star Wars universe, what what what, what are we seeing here? Uh, is is Cal Kestis going to appear in live action? Maybe. I, I think uh, there's a good possibility he is. Um, uh, part of that reason being that Respawn says they're war the company that made Survivor says they're working on two other Star Wars games right now um, and haven't announced the follow up. To, I would imagine they're making a third game, but it's also mm -hmm. possible they're just going to do something live action. Mm -hmm. um, without being too spoilery, uh, if you're completely averse to any kind of spoil, like I'm not going to talk specifics here, but um, mm -hmm. maybe plug your ears for the next 10 seconds if you're going to be mad at me for saying something <laughs> vague, uh, which is 
the most interesting thing is tie into High Republic era stuff and uh, Jedi Survivor. Um, interesting. Uh, and a pretty strong tie in to High Republic era stuff coming in. Um, of course, the first game, which that came out a long time ago, so don't feel bad saying some light spoilers here. There's a lot of influence on the Kenobi show that comes from the first game, including scenes that are like directly ripped off of uh, right. Fallen Order. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's kind of the direction they're going and overall the vibe of Survivor if Fallen Order is about Luke Skywalker and Episode 4 and Empire Strikes Back, like that's what Cal feels like very much Luke Skywalkery. Um this is Return of the Jedi Cal. Uh he's way cooler and more competent. Um and it's it's really fun for that reason. It's like, "Oh wow, our our boy grew up and he's he seems cool." Um, nice. I had a, a fairly difficult time getting into the first game just because I got lost on the map so many times. Yeah. That it drove me insane. Yeah. Um, which I've heard they've cleared a lot of that up on this. And yeah. And you, you jump in basically with with your Jedi powers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that, is that right? Yeah. The, the map is much improved. You don't have to climb your way back up from scratch. You know, you are you you start the game as a Jedi. Um, right. And Everything that they've added to the game, I really appreciate. I think it's a much better game uh, mechanically when it is functioning properly. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. aside from part of the, the reason I was mad at, at or upset by people being like, there are no problems with this game. I had major story moments where like a character was bouncing around the screen <laughs> during the cutscene. You know, like I had some emotional moments in the game that were ruined. Well, by are you sure issues. that wasn't planned as part of something to like throw you off a little bit as part of your experience? Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> okay. Right, I'm right, fairly right. certain it was, okay. it was not on purpose to have the big bad of the game, um, bouncing up and down through the floor. <laughs> um, that seems, sounds even more terrifying. You know, we, we don't know for sure. Um, actually, I feel like we we probably do, but that sounds that actually sounds hilarious to me. I'm sorry, it's I got a good part of the it. the major portion of, or a major part of the game. I That's love annoying. I love bugs. I love like finding them and taking videos of them. Um, it's but this this game similarly to Cyberpunk when it came out, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. kind of disappointing. Where it's like, man, there's a really good game in here that is definitely held back some by it being released too early. Um, or it just not getting the quality assurance testing it needed. Uh, they've already released one patch. I'm sure it will get better. Even with the issues, if it were never fixed, I'd say it's an 8 out of 10 uh, experience. Um, another disappointing thing about it, uh, speaking of bad optimization, it's 150 gigabytes. <laughs> and the disc, if you get a disc version of the game, there's only 60 gigabytes of the game on the disc. So there's no way you are only getting a license from EA to play this game. Well, my copy of Cyberpunk, that is the release day version, I can play that 20 years from now off of that Blu-ray. Um, this get game I can't Magoos. play without internet. You cannot play this game without an internet connection. So that's that's a huge bummer too. You know what I miss? The days when video games would be released and they were just broken forever. Yep. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like this, this is, is this is it. It's out now. Here this you go. is it. There's no You're patch like, on the way. This is terrible. <laughs> uh, 
This is incredibly broken. Did you ever play the Superman Nintendo 64 oh, game? I, I played it, it at a, like, uh, our church had, like, a youth group area with an N64 at some point, and that game was in there. I played it a little bit there, but I've watched full playthroughs of that. <laughs> Amazing. <that-ness. laughs> yeah. Incredible. And they're just like, you know what? Sell it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make some money on this. They don't know. They're going to buy. Yeah. Some poor kid is going to have their parents spend way too much money on this, and they'll never get another game for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those were the days, huh? Yeah, yeah, good times. Now they'll just, now they're like, we'll release this crap now, and we'll, we'll fix it over time. We might, we might slowly patch this we'll, up, yeah. We'll get around to plugging some of the holes we've got here. Uh, fascinating, fantastic. I love love the state of the industry. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a mess, but you know, I am grateful for the the game that exists in a state. Again, it, it's there are some things that are really frustrating about how it was released and how I might never be able to play it once they decide mm-hmm. to take it off of a storefront or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah. it's it's good Star Wars. Um, the customization is awesome. My favorite thing about the game. You can literally have Kyle Katarn's outfit or Dash Rindar's outfit. Um, very cool to me. So I played most of the game as Kai Cal Katarn, um, and uh, it was a delight. And, and now you're doing it as Joe Dirt, is that yes. correct? Yeah, you can have a mullet. You can have like a tank top, a mullet, and a handlebar mustache. You can change the the lightsaber color when you unlock a color in this game it's not like one material you get like a whole palette of material and colors at a time that you can switch out on individual lightsaber pieces um uh so i spent it literally i think i spent 20 hours at the customization table just being like <laughs> ooh cool i'm going to play um, with this yeah it's delightful and you get all of your lightsaber colors to start basically so uh, that's nice too oh, nice. if you were playing the last game with your green saber as soon as you get to a a workbench you can pop that that green blade back on good well we're we're green lightsaber boys through and that's through that's right as everyone knows by now. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I, uh, I don't think this has been mentioned. I did watch Return of the Jedi in theaters. Oh, so cool. Uh, on, the, on the re-release for the, the 40th anniversary. Just fantastic stuff. Uh, just, just wonderful to watch on a big screen. Did you the, have a big the, crowd? Was the, the was crowd full. into packed, it? That's awesome. Packed theater. Very fun. Um, it was... Uh, triumphant to hear the John Williams score come through. You're like, Oh yeah, that's why yeah. this is awesome. You know, you hit the first note, you get the crawl. You're like, I'm in, I'm sold. You see more things than you're used to seeing just because it's on a giant screen as opposed to, you know, like your TV at home. So you get to see some of the, like the background details. Some of the, the puppet stuff is super fun to watch in Jabba's palace. <laughs> yeah. I um, uh, <laughs> that song yeah, hits yeah. <laughs> that slaps super hard uh, in theaters was everyone singing uh, along oh we all got up and we're dancing and having a good time um, you can see Sebulba walk by it's all really fantastic stuff um, yeah it's 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 not the best movie but it was my favorite as a child and it hit a lot yeah. of those like nostalgic notes for sure seeing it on the big screen um, you know, obviously Jedi Knight Luke, amazing. Yeah. We've oft discussed that being uh, one of the fantastic, iconic looks 
of Star Wars. Um, so it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And then uh, we got a lot of good yuck yucks whenever uh, Leia told Han that Luke was her brother. <laughs> And he like the, his reaction shot on that yeah, yeah, is played true. a thousand percent for comedy out of context now. Yeah. Where you just watch him and he's like, like you want to you want to have it like in that moment cut to all the times that her and Luke have done vaguely sexual stuff and uh, then cut back to him when he's like, okay, <laughs> you know? just like. I think there's uh, a good every, clip on YouTube of where there's they gotta, they yeah. pause that and, and play, you know. It's got to be, but yeah, every, everyone had a good uh, a good laugh uh, at at George's expense, uh, mostly uh, <laughs> in that moment. But uh, yeah, so it was uh, very enjoyable. Uh, all of the the stuff with the Emperor ripped super hard. Yeah, oh, fantastic experience. Not a, I, like I said, it's can't, it's a very campy movie, but it's so much fun. I I think there 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 are many many days where it is my favorite Star Wars movie, uh, uh, regardless of you know whether it is you know amazing from all aspects of uh, of fiction creation or whatever. There's right. nothing not much that beats um, Return of the Jedi Luke for me, and also the the space battle is so rad. Um, it's the 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 falcon going on in the death star run like on the interior yeah it looks amazing yeah. it looks so good like that all of that stuff looked really great like i don't know it's just like they're made to be seen on the big screen and my experience with them has almost exclusively been small screen except for when they released as the you know the special editions in theaters which was like the the first like theatrical experience that i had with them i, I mean and we talked like saw them like ripped off of like the usa network and played through a cassette at home and then yeah, yeah. when they re-released them seeing on the big screen but i i have not seen any of the original trilogy movies since like 97 whenever yeah. they re-released and them, i only so. saw episode four in the theater my sister was willing to take me to that one um but i didn't i didn't get to see empire or return of the jedi um my memory movies. is that I got to do all three of them. I that's feel like awesome. I was a very lucky boy yeah, that's <laughs> at that time and got to see all three of them. Because they, they released them like a few weeks apart is, is sort of my recollection. It's like, we'll do one and then we'll do the next one and then we'll do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jedi. So, yeah, I do Makes feel sense. like I, I got to have that that particular experience, which was very cool. I'm jealous that I didn't go. I was I. I thought about it. It's difficult to go places um, because I'm in love with my little pooch um, <laughs> and I don't want to leave him alone. Um, but I, that that night that it was showing, I I play. I did like a 16 hour stream of oh, yeah, yeah. the new because you just Wars played game. through the entire thing, right? I tried to play through the whole thing in in one sitting, and about 18 hours in, I realized I was about a quarter of the way through the story. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "All right, I'm gonna go to sleep, and uh, I'll get back to this some other time." It was it was, just, all, it was all that time at the bench, you know? Picking yeah, it out was. It was too <laughs> distracting. There's a lot more um, side quests that are worth doing. Um, there's some yeah. really great freaks uh that the internet has fallen in love with from the game uh, is there a frog man in my yeah there's this... a turtle yeah, okay. the the okay. frog man yeah. who's the the voice actor for invader zim and he only wears oh, nice. a gun belt it's just like <laughs> uh, yeah Tur- turtle's a hit there's a there's a lot of good good characters in that game but yeah i do i do regret not seeing that um because there's 
There's something really special about seeing an old movie back up on the big screen. I remember you and I went and saw Alien, my my very favorite movie of all time, yeah. uh, which was incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see Jedi and Empire someday. Yeah, it was it was cool. Um, I was uh, the poster, the re-release poster that they have for it is super sick. I had my yeah. hopes up super high that they were going to be handing out Giving those like out. one sheets. They were not. That Dang was my it. only uh, major disappointment because whenever we went and saw uh, Rogue One, whenever they re-released it on the IMAX, they gave away the the Andor posters. Yeah. So that was like, we're going to do uh, Rogue One right before Andor comes out. I was like, sign me up. I like, you know, I'm a, uh, love Rogue One. They had the Andor posters out there. I was like, I'll take one of these. And this yes, was before please. I knew Andor was going to be uh my favorite really good so yeah <laughs> speaking of andor uh we have the writer strike going on um tony yes. gilroy said well i did haven't been doing any writing on the show since the strike and then someone else was like hey man we're gonna kick you out of the union if you do you're you're lying and you shouldn't do anything so he has now ceased all activity on andor makes me a little nervous about the uh you know obviously support the uh the striking writers union, yeah. um but i I am sad that it may have an effect on my favorite thing happening. Yeah, in Star I'm Wars. horrified that they're <laughs> at this point. They're like, because uh, I mean, I know there are some shows that have been like, we'll, we're gonna, you know, delay production. Yes, for which some is of this what stuff. should happen. For Andor, yeah, which please. is a, a thousand. Like, I, I don't care. I mean, I, I'm sure the original drafts, as they were written in the room, are all very good, but it's like. A lot of punching up happens on the day. A lot of things are happening on set as things are being shot and decisions are being made. So it's like, yeah, it'd probably be good to have Tony Gilroy there doing those things. Yeah. But uh, the mouse plugs along and it, it would be nice if they just didn't. But it seems like this strike is going to go on for a long time. Yeah, A while. Yeah. Um, and I, I know the director's guild is is next up. Um in terms of, of their negotiations, which I just don't see a lot of like uh, hope in these particular situations with uh, major industries and studios and corporations trying to hold their line with, you know, their workers, which is not great. Yeah. Um, but hopefully they come to their senses uh, sooner there rather seems, than later. Seems to be all sorts of reasons. Solidarity here. Um uh, my wife is driven by you know the picket lines a few times. They're out. Mm -hmm. They're out here, and um, yeah, I think there is some cohesion between everyone in the entertainment industry who is not at the top because yeah. it is reaching a breaking point for a lot of people. Um, yeah, it's just crappy. Uh, I mean, it's really frustrating that uh, yeah, not only will one of my favorite properties be affected, but entertainment as a whole will be affected because uh, people want to hang on to their profits. Uh, instead of letting people have make a living in, in the super lucrative entertainment industry, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I saw what was it like? Um, you know, it's like the CEO of some media conglomerate where it was like, yeah, he made uh three hundred million dollars last year. <laughs> he made a third of a billion dollars in one year. <laughs> like, cool. Seems like a lot of money. <laughs> Seems um, like a lot of waste. As yeah. Well as. Uh, I was listening to, uh, as as is my usual uh, Wednesday standard, I'll pop on the Doughboys, throw oh, on yeah. the new episode. Shout out um, to the Doughboys. They could use our help. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Doughboys are really, really desperate for that cargo bay bump. 
Um, but uh, the you know Weiger's not been doing the like the written intros uh, as, as yeah. like a, a solidarity thing. And he mentioned the statistic that like the last time they negotiated, a third of writers were working for like the 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 union minimum, right? Uh-huh. So like, like the the least amount of money that the corporations are willing to pay writers. Now that they're renegotiating, it's half of the writers are are working for yeah, the minimum. Yeah, it's an inc- like, increase of like fourteen or sixteen percent over yeah. ten years is what I what I when I did uh, the math in my head of whatever those stats were. Like, not great no. <laughs> uh, is what I would say about that. So and, you know, so much of this is is tied into like dreaming, screaming and residuals. And and it's it's not even transparent what, you know, streaming numbers are doing. Like we yeah. don't know what ratings are for streaming shows. These things aren't aren't being released or like this is the this is the exact count of this sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, it seems kind of manipulative and terrible if you're not being transparent with the, the audience and the creators about how much you're profiting off of their work yeah. without sharing in the revenue. So it's like, yeah, we should probably sit at the table and figure out what, what people are actually owed. So yeah, you can't, that's, be a that's our stance anymore. on the cargo bay. <laughs> that's right. And we're important. Um, but I do know people out here who have worked as as actors in small roles for for most of their lives, and mm-hmm. that those opportunities are drying up. Uh, that is a thing where, like, I am reaching the age where where a lot of people who are actors out here, if they stick around until they're older, they start mm-hmm. to pick up small roles, and they were able right. to get residuals and kind of like at a point make a living off of it because right. of you know residuals. And with streaming, right. you don't have that, so it's just right. kind of like it's taken out a whole career path uh and it's a bummer um i was on a show once and i still in a very small role and um it was a network whoa, whoa, whoa. don't don't you downplay that role you had you had some I had... pressing questions in that classroom oh thank you that thank i you, think should you. be uh should be remembered but that that show is not available on hbo anymore i looked for it the it, other day it, yeah. it's not available i still get checks for like five and six dollars every <laughs> once in a while in the mail and it's like oh right this could have been a thing where if i kept doing like small roles and eventually right. had like yeah you could make a living uh but no yeah. no not not anymore uh so yeah it's it's a bummer all around uh and obviously always support uh, more of the people doing the work getting a bigger share of the damn profits uh have you seen some of this like some of the stuff about the like ai that's going on with this writing too where where they're like in perpetuity for the and throughout the universe like we reserve the right to have like ai be you know within our you know (sighs) within our our world it's like we need to cut the fucking cord on some of this AI shit right now when it comes to the artistic process. There's, I think. I think that, you know, unfortunately, Star Wars... Um, well, <laughs> let me tie it in this way. VC, uh, there's been a rekindled rumor that George Lucas is willing to do more Star Wars, but only if he has, um, like, control over what he's doing. 
And as much as I want George Lucas to come back to Star Wars, whether it was good or bad, I think it'd be hilarious. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, it would be fantastic. George Lucas would be the first person to use AI and deep fake technology <laughs> to try to, like, <laughs> like he would well, replace yeah, we can, everyone we can, possible. <laughs> we can do this now, so we're going to, uh, we're going to have uh, this robot, right? Well, probably six or seven movies, and, uh, you know, we'll do some light editing. Yeah, I, like, I get it, and, and there's... I don't know. It's just we don't need to go down this particular road, but it's like it's just so weird to me that how advanced this stuff is becoming. And it's like, has no one ever watched a fucking sci fi movie from the 80s yeah. where we give the robots the power? <laughs> They're not nice. No. And, and all this stuff about like, do you remember when the like it was the first like it was the I think it was the New York Times reporter who was like, I had access to whatever the like the specific chat bot was. And it like started becoming super manipulative and like trying to get him to leave his girlfriend and stuff. And you're just like, this is what these things do. This is this weird machine learning that's happening. I, it's evil. They're evil <laughs> I, I <laughs> because try, they're programmed by fucking humans. <laughs> I don't want to be a, a curmudgeon about new tech. My my biggest yeah, fear isn't that. of the tech itself. It's yeah. that, you know, it will be used by the capitalist corporate like system oh. that we live in to, oh, it, to make life worse for everyone. And, you know, uh, there is a potential where it's like, oh, this could be something that helps us reach a more utopian society of where yeah. we have to work less. But that's not how it works. And that's what the cyberpunk genre is always about. These things It's about AI right. and it's about corporate like mega corporations abusing that. And that's exactly where we we are landing. now. <laughs> like, well, it's like well, like. I know there's been like automated chat bots before, but it's getting to a level of sophistication now. It's like I interface in, in like customer service stuff every day. At a certain point, you could just throw chat GPT into the into because I'm a I'm a I'm a fucking human robot for a corporation at a certain point. Right. Like here are the rules. These are the guardrails. These are the exceptions. This is what can be done. Right. You tell that to a robot and it's going to it's going to do the exact same thing and they don't have to pay it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's there's no overhead costs. There's no we need to worry about its health insurance. There's there's n none of that. And yeah. So it's like you know that's all going to be happening. Absolutely. And it's going to get... be capitalisting. We are. I, I always thought the idea of reaching the uh, what are they the the point where where it, like AI becomes sentient basically or the there's <laughs> yeah. some I can't remember the the phrase right now. It's very common. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I know what you're talking about. Anyway, I always thought that was that's not actually going to happen in my lifetime. I always thought that like the idea of not being able to distinguish AI from humans was way in the future. No, we're absolutely getting there. Um, and the next five years is going to be more and more rapid advancement of that tech. The Turing test um, from Blade Runner. Uh, yes, we can't or, do or... a Turing test, but the. What's so like the where inflection you, point where where uh, where, where where we can no reach... longer tell the difference between? Uh, yeah, I'll, I can remember it in five minutes. Uh, it's just, right. <laughs> it's out of my head because I'm trying to think of it. But anyway, the point is, it's scary and depressing, and I don't think it's going to be good for the livelihoods of uh, working class people. <laughs> so it's a bummer. And that's been this week's episode of <laughs> the Cargo Bay. <laughs> That's right, uh, baby. Uh, yeah, you come here for the hot content. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that's. Uh, but it does have a real world effect on our favorite show, which is yes, uh, kind of a bummer. So yep. hopefully it, hopefully it doesn't uh, 
change the the quality of that too much uh, because I'm telling you, I, I I desperately want Andor season two. Yeah. To be yeah. on the same level as the first season. Yeah. And please. if not, I'll forget it exists, and I will just watch the first season forever. Uh, there is um. Uh, there's a tiny, a tiny bit of Andor influence in uh, Jedi Survivor as well. I'll say. Which... Uh, Luthen's uh, Fondor Hallcraft. Right. You, you get to fly around in it. Just blaze through with those uh, those laser beams sticking out. Um, I love it. Uh, something else I completed. BC. I completed the Heir to the Empire trilogy uh, oh. audiobooks. Nice. Um, so Heir to the Empire was is kind of like one of those it, it's a major expanded universe like trilogy that's uh it's it, you know Thrawn I'm not sure if Thrawn was introduced there um I think it is I think it's the introduction mm-hmm. of Thrawn it's it's written by Timothy Zahn yep um and it's it's all legends canon so it's not canon anymore but it was one of the first major uh chunks of story uh that hit the EU when the the novels mm-hmm. started coming out and uh, let me tell you, VC, there were so many moments in that series where I was like, you know what? I was wrong about Timothy Zahn. This, this is dope. Like, this is there's some really good ideas here. And then so many moments where I was like, you know what? I guess I don't really like Timothy Zahn stuff that much. Like, back and forth. So uh, before I, I get into a little bit of spoiler territory, yeah. I'd like to say uh, Thrawn's still cool. Um, Thrawn, you know, is still all about the art um, and studying art to, to learn tactics. Uh, but the most interesting idea in the series to me is um, Leia is being hunted by Nogri. Um, Nogri, I know Nogri appear in um, Thrawn's bodyguard appears in Rebels. Um, who is a mm. Nogri. He's like little gray guy. He has like yeah. an electro yep. staff. Yep. And yep. Anyway, she's being hunted by Nogri and um, an assassin's about to kill her and then gets a whiff of her and is like realizes that she's related to Darth Vader and like pauses oh. and is like, whoa, well, Darth Vader is like our, our king. Um, anyway, this results in Leia going to their homeworld at some point and the Nogri hate the rebels. Uh, they're not a spacefaring uh, species because there was a battle where a rebel ship was shot down, and because the rebels were using such ancient ships, the ship poisoned their entire world. Like, you know, it's like, oh, you guys, you know, your your stuff isn't up to code. You had terrible chemicals, uh, and it destroyed our homeworld. I was like, that's an interesting concept. That is then undermined later where that's not actually what happened, but uh, mm. it was a really interesting concept at first. For a moment, it was a great idea. <laughs> it was a really good yeah. idea. Um, I liked all of that, and then this is spoiler alert for Era of the Empire. BC, you don't mind, right? Fire away. Plug your ears too. <laughs> yeah, I'm plugging it. I'm plugging them over my headphones. Uh, hit the skip button. <laughs> uh, skip about a minute, minute and a half is all this will take. What was really funny is that the wrap-up is very Rise of Skywalkery, where you oh, have this yeah. massive trilogy with a lot of interesting ideas, and then it ends in a throne room with a guy who is basically em- Emperor 2.0. Um, oh. Luke fights a clone of himself. Um, but it was just very funny to me, where it's like, wow, even in the 90s, we were ending things like back exactly how we were ending things in Return of the Jedi. Uh, do do two of the same person and 
uh, dust off a throne room somewhere. Yep. Yep. Uh, and and also they mentioned like, well, you know, if Thrawn had enough material, he might build another Death Star. I'm like, no, he wouldn't. He's smarter than that. <laughs> like, that's not. He's like, the last two really <laughs> didn't go well. I'm gonna try something else <laughs> for number three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I, overall, I can't the series, wait for... I'll, I'll give it a I'll give it a seven out of ten. I, I, I can't 5. wait. For, I can't wait for Thrawn to uh, to occupy more of our our time in the uh, the star wars world yeah looking forward to that i am after after reading heir to the empire i am glad that he's kind of been reset in the canon i think that's the right thing to do they are talking to timothy zahn a lot which is cool because he created the character but definitely there's more interesting things to do with him than what was done with him already he he is a standout amongst Stuff that is really, uh, you know, like it, it does read like fan fiction. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff I like where they're like, oh, well, it's going to take us six days to get there. There's a lot of space travel that makes that's that distant space travel that I love. There's a lot of cool like uh, space battles and things. But there's also like, oh, Lando happens to cross paths with this person like three different times in the series just by chance, even though they're on different worlds, you know, and it's like. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of small familial Star Wars where it's all the same characters running the universe, essentially. It just seems to me like it's like I I get that Star Wars is like it's it's a vast galaxy. It's a huge expanse. It's like at a certain point, why don't we just make it smaller? Yeah. Like why why does it have to be like there's a million worlds? Like why don't we just make it less than you know, because you can't handle the the galaxy brain of all of the canon and and like making all of this make sense. Like, what are the what are the odds that you would see someone in a you know a galaxy far far away more than once in your random travels? Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Zero. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it is. I don't know. It's this just... this this series is much more of like an actual small universe and that there are a lot of worlds, but there are only a few hubs. And a lot of this plot revolves around like a fleet of 200 ships that like both sides are trying to acquire like a missing fleet basically. And the idea being that like, it really like when we see the battle in return of the Jedi, that is like, most of the forces for both sides right like right and one one star destroyer is a massive production right. you know um and can turn the tide of the war to like lose a star destroyer which feels more in line with what the original trilogy felt like you know it's like oh we're doing space travel but the population of like fighters on either side isn't a ton oh and i forgot Big spoiler, skip 15 seconds. There are clones <laughs> in Heir to the Empire. They're trying to restart the Clone Wars. Not a spoiler. Um, at least I don't think so. At some point, it's referenced that Leia is talking about the Clone Wars 44 years ago. Mm. So the Clone Wars lasted much longer and deeper into the past uh, in the old canon. It wasn't like a five-year span. It was like decades long. Yeah, interesting. Stuff. Yeah, you gotta love some of that legend stuff. I think you know part of me is just like that. I brush up against with Star Wars sometimes. It's like the scope and scale of it when it is just like it's uh, it's basically infinite. It's like that's great, and if you want to be like, I want to go tell a specific story that yeah. doesn't have to do with 
anything. You know what I mean? Like where you can just put put the Star Wars facade on something. But like when it gets into like now we've got to connect the major points of everything that are common knowledge for everyone. It's when like it's just a little bit it strains against my like understanding of of the actual scope of the galaxy, I guess, yeah. which is just kind of hard to do. But yeah, although, I mean, as long as the, the story is engaging, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, I I just started listening to uh, Shadow of Something or Other, maybe Shadow <laughs> of the Empire, or not Shadow, Shadow of Something no, other not, not Shadow of the Empire, it's Shadow of Something. It's something I've been looking forward to for a long time, written by Adam Christopher. Uh, it is. It has Lando and Old Man Luke on the cover, and I've been like, great, let me have a standalone um, Lando Luke adventure. So far, that book starts out with Baby Ray fleeing with her parents somewhere. <laughs> Cut to ah. the only Lando I've gotten so far is Lando explaining that Lando has spent all of his time and resources to find his missing daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. who he may not even remember what she looks like, which is weird to me. doesn't seem like Lando at all. He probably has lots of daughters that he <laughs> hasn't seen. Um, and well, when he's not laying with his droids, you know, because <laughs> they can't bear his seed, but yeah. We have Dio's master, Ochi of Bestoon, Ochi. who is getting yeah. visions uh, from the Emperor. And so anyway... What I thought was going to be a nice, fun romp about Luke and Lando is actually trying to pull Rise of Skywalker like into some sort of <laughs> into to make sense somewhere. Uh, anyway, that's been kind of a bummer. Is it's like I don't mind a little bit of that, but come on, man, we I it's gonna be really hard to make. Well, it you compelling. can't you can't make Rise of Skywalker and leave Jim's like Ochi and his dagger out there and just have us wondering what they could be. You gotta you gotta write a book about it. Yeah, it you is. Gotta fill out those facts. It is. We gotta like know what Ray's to, childhood was like. We're we're trying to fill in. We're trying to take basically all of the untied ends of Rise of Skywalker and cram them all into one book that has Luke and Lando on the front of it. Well, it's hard because there's a lot of untied ends in that movie because, I mean, at a certain point, you're literally light skip jumping uh, from world to world where they're just like, who cares? we got to get to a million places and do a thousand things. And maybe four days, I feel like, is the timeline of Sky. Yeah, maybe just as long as the movie is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe it's, it's real the, time. It is a real time. It all it all occurs in time um yeah i the, i remember the cover for it and i was like oh that does look cool yeah. uh but hearing you describe the beginning of it i'm kind of like a little i'm a little cooler on that now. maybe it gets better uh we'll see i'm gonna listen to the whole thing but uh, it was it was disappointing because my favorite star wars books like my favorite star wars things are their own contained little stories and universes uh lando and heir to the empire is really cool though uh, in that trilogy, Lando like comes off as being super, you know, smart and cool. Uh, that was one of the nice. highlights. Nice. Uh, take this in your segue pipe and smoke it. Speaking of small universes and stories, uh, we got Star Wars Vision t- Volume yeah. Two uh, with their own individual worlds and stories in, uh, I believe, nine new uh, animated shorts. Uh, this yeah. is, of course, the. Uh, spiritual successor to visions volume one which i think we were both pretty high on yeah love if i remember correctly one. yeah 
Um, even if like they weren't all like our particular cup of tea, I thought there was some like truly amazing uh, gym in in Visions Volume One. Um, I've watched all of Volume Two. I finished it last night. I haven't like I, I don't feel like I did uh, what I would call a very deep watch of these. It was a, a fairly passive watch. Um, there were a few that that did particularly catch my attention that I was like, oh, I will probably revisit some of these stories. Um, but I still like I just love that this exists. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like it makes me happy that they're like, just go tell stories that you think are interesting. And I'm like, that's really what this sh- Star Wars is. What I think it should be doing more of, as opposed to like, we've got a galaxy brain every world that we've ever presented. People's like, yeah. what if we just tell a story about you know a community that's stuck in a pit, <laughs> put there by the Empire, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I think there's uh, there's some good stuff out there. Um, so check those out if you haven't, uh, dear listener. I know you've said you watched most of them, right? Um, no, not even most of them. I think I've watched like the first. Um... I might have only watched the first two and then skipped to the Ardman one. I still have more mm. to watch. Um, I don't know why I haven't yet. I wasn't. I've been in a not in a mood to sit much without yeah. having my hands occupied for the past uh, week or so. I'll get to them eventually. Uh, yeah. But like you said, I'm glad they exist, whether or not they wind up being my favorite piece of Star Wars or not. Um, because for me. My favorite thing about Star Wars is the aesthetic, like probably. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, just tell me, tell me a nice little story in the universe. I did watch the Ardman Studios one because I'd been very much looking forward to that and uh, yeah. thought it was delightful. Uh, I was so does excited. not disappoint. Yeah, lovely, lovely stuff. You got Wedge Antilles on his on his uh, victory recruitment tour, which was awesome to see. Uh, hilarious to me. We got uh, a T sixteen in there. Um, I, I thought the whole thing was was charming and hilarious, and that dog robot was cute as hell. And uh, yeah, just had a Love great it. time watching that. I thought it was I, both like off the wall and also very like respectful of what Star Wars is. You know, like mm-hmm. it felt yeah. uh, it felt canon almost. Yeah, I, I like the you know in each the, so the premise of course is like they're all done by a different like animation studio, so they all look different, they all feel different, they all tell their own story. And that's one of the things I like about it. Even if I don't like the story, like the animation style, yeah. I, I'm always usually fairly drawn into. Um, and I'm not a big like consumer of anime, but yeah. I do, I do, I am really drawn to that when I see it. So whenever like you do Star Wars with anime, I'm like, oh, this looks super sick. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a great idea that they did it. Um, I did really like the the first one. I believe is the one yeah, that's yeah. got the like, like the, the painted the paint thing that's going on, which I thought was a really cool concept. It's like when you allow you know creative artistic people to play in this world, like they come up with some really cool visuals. And like I said, even if even if the stories aren't for you, you can usually find thing that you can pause your screen and go, "That looks amazing." Yeah, uh, which which I can always appreciate. So. Check out some visions too, and drop a comment. That's right. Uh, if you're if on you're YouTube, we're up. Let on us YouTube know what your favorite too. vision is. <laughs> nice work, VC. Thanks, baby. We still got it. <laughs> uh. Um, I have a uh, one other, uh, one other minor Star Wars update, which is mm. uh, 
been watching a lot of videos about painting models over the past week. I would like to learn how to brush paint models well and, and mm -hmm. make some decent models. So I have a couple model kits. Um, <sighs> I have I have this tiny little Bandai uh, Love TIE it. Advanced and, and TIE Fighter. Uh, this ran me $10. Oh, um, giving it away. Which is great. I think this one actually yeah. is on sale because the TIE Fighter wings have a bit of an issue where, like... Uh, Sorry to describe, but the paint just looks a little bit ununiform on the wings because of mm. the molding, a, a problem mm. with the molding. So I think these are on deep discount most places because mm. Bandai models are known for being, you know, really, really, really great and accurate. Yeah. But I'm warming up to the, the, the X-Wing, which I will eventually do. Uh, this is cool because it comes with an R5 or an R2 unit, um, so you can Ooh. make it whatever, whatever X-Wing you want. I'm not sure if I'm going to do Canon colors or not. But it's been very fun watching not only like videos about how to to paint these things, which is a time consuming process that you have to be really patient with, but also like looking up some videos of the original uh you know models uh there's a video on YouTube right now where that prop store that auctions things for millions of dollars has like no. a a screen used episode four x-wing uh it's like a which i've seen one of those in a museum but this one was built for pyro and mm. it's the one where there's like an explosion on the back wing that kind of like mm -hmm. blows off and so it, it didn't it didn't damage the model so they repainted it as biggs's x-wing for a different mm. scene where it probably didn't get used anyway it's a beautiful and incredible thing to see made and like uh I think it's it, it's Adam Savage and the guy from the warehouse just like looking at it and being like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> uh, and uh, my wife asked me, uh, "How much do you think this sold for?" And oh I was like, God. "I mean, so much money. It's it's made <laughs> out of like foam. It's like a because it's meant for pyro, so it's not even like a sturdy thing. It's like this right. very delicate model." Um, and I was like, "Probably my guess would be it sold for like." 500,000 um but possibly more than that. Apparently, she looked it up. It was expected to go for 500,000 to 700,000. It sold for 2 million dollars. <laughs> and you know that somewhere there's a guy who worked in Van Nuys on that thing going like, "I wish I had that 2 million dollars." <laughs> My god. <laughs> that's uh, a lot of cheddar. That's a lot of cheddar. Uh but anyway, wow. uh just Again, one of my favorite things about Star Wars is, of course, the spaceships, and it's it's uh, it's nice to have something to occupy my brain that will make me uh, make me feel like I could pretend to be a model maker, uh, something that doesn't really exist much anymore. And I guess really didn't exist for that long in the first place. It's really a brief period in history that people were kit bashing and making yeah, spaceships, like taking. I mean, if you look at the. I can imagine that original Death Star is just so many pieces from so oh many gosh. different model kits. Yeah. That were just like, because I mean, they talk about in that Light and Magic uh, documentary. They're like, we were just buying cases and cases of models, yeah, and pulling the pieces to make you know make everything. It's like, how much fun would that have been? Yeah, I'm so jealous that that was their life. And the the prop rec replica forums where you know you've got people trying to pick out like what was this was this you yeah. know a tank wheel from this specific yeah. model kit from nineteen fifty whatever and uh, yep. yeah really fun stuff uh, so yeah that's that's I think that's all of my Star Wars updates that aren't card related BC what about yeah. you yeah I think that's it we 
We'll save the big card-related updates for Hobby Talk. We'll do a little bit of Hobby Talk coming up. But, uh, yeah, sorry we disappeared for a while. Uh, you know, once we hit, like, that that milestone listener mark, we'll, we'll try to be more consistent. Um, that doesn't mean we don't appreciate y'all who are listening out there. Uh, it just means life's complicated. We might miss a week here or there occasionally. Yeah. I think that's okay, right? Yeah, until MeUndies starts uh, paying me to do <laughs> ad reads for him. Uh, you know, we'll take a week off when we need to. Or until y'all start leaving a bunch of comments on YouTube <laughs> telling you, telling us how much you love and miss us. Hey, please don't send us emails because I, I can't even imagine how clogged that inbox is at this point. <laughs> we don't check it. I, I checked it a couple months ago and there oh, were good. no emails except for spam. Okay, good. So okay great. <laughs> I think we're all right. <laughs> good, good. So if you've said anything nice to our email in the last couple months, uh, apologies. Yeah. It's buried. It's buried uh, in the spam trail. I'll check it again in a couple months. All right, yeah. We'll give it a couple more months. <laughs> Let it ripen up. Well, uh, I don't know what we'll be talking about next, but maybe we'll have a guest or something. Uh, regardless, you know where to find us. Uh, we'll show up in your podcast feed or your YouTube video. Are you okay, BC? Oh! BC, did you That's just a visual out Go a check out the YouTube video. <laughs> is that a Sith cultist? It <laughs> is a saying? Sith cultist. <laughs> All right, oh, everybody. Really cleared the sinuses. <laughs> Bye forever until next time. Go snook yourselves, you little Project Necromancer babies. Necromancer.